This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Danger girl. Stay sexy. Talking about murder. Welcome to my favorite murder. To my favorite murder. Your favorite murder podcast. Mm. I regret saying that. Leave it in. Okay. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever said this, but fuck the haters. I feel like this is a new idea. I know. And do you mean the social media haters? Everyone. Just any hater. Any haters. They are going to hate. They're going to hell. <laughs> They're going I to hell. That's what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah I believe in hell now. Uh, <laughs> new new uh, update on the podcast. Oh, neat. You're Catholic now. Now I'm Catholic. Cool. Just like that. How's it been? hard yeah right it sucks <laughs> i'm suddenly velcro <laughs> to everything i've ever done in my life you feel guilty for things other people have done i it's shouldn't so have much guilt i shouldn't have let them do that by even though i didn't know them when i was a child yes i used to think about how disappointed jesus was in me <laughs> and get so sad and then i'd just be like how am i i can never make good on this no how, how am i gonna fuck? make good on this what the f- how the fuck here's how i'll make good on it i'll go into a dark room mm-hmm. and talk to a man behind a screen mm. about the specifics of what makes me a bad person i'm eight he sounds legit he sounds like a good guy <laughs> who's helping people the whole system seems really like a humanitarian yeah like kind they're, of they're trying on you people but you guys just keep failing them yeah these guys behind the screen yeah yeah they're they're like what am i here for you should come in one week and be like, I'm good. Yeah. But you just keep bringing, stealing shit from your sister. If you win it. <laughs> Am I right? Did you do that ever? Impure thoughts. Oh, yeah. Stealing from my sister, stealing from my, my dad always had a coin jar in the closet. Oh, that I would how are you? It, he put it in there so you could be a child. Right. And steal from it. That's kind of what they're for. But I would actually take it to Coinstar, uh, change <gasps> it in for $80 and then no. Holy shit. Not oh. really. Um, I stole from my sister. Like those stupid little like children's lockers that they would have. Oh yeah! I'm like, come on! Uh, I would open it and I would steal her money and I would go across the, sc- the street and buy Reese's pieces and a squeeze it and I've never <laughs> felt guilty about it one day in my life. Oh, that's the glory of Judaism. Mm. Mm. Oh, Mwah. I'm giving it an Italian. Mwah. Oh, the Italian Jews are the best ones. 
Yeah, I don't know the a lot food's of them. great. No, they don't exist. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Is that a thing? We get all of the Italians. Oh, yeah, they're Catholic. Love Italian food, though. I mean, I love, I love the mustache. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go. That's all I was going to say. Speaking of the of religion, I have something to read to you. Okay. Okay. Remember last week I did a, like, a, I did an occult killing. I do. Like, Satan cult kind yep. of thing. It was intense. Yeah. Thank okay. you. And so. Thank I, you. I, <laughs> I mean, that's what you want in this podcast is like. If you could, if you could like describe your story in one word, like it should be intense. Yeah, right. That's for sure. Okay. So I mentioned that like, it was a Satanist thing, and that at some point I was just like, I just want to say that Satanism isn't like that, and then moved on because I don't know how to explain. It. Right. Um, and so someone explained it. Oh, no. Nice. Someone sent an email to us, and it said, "Hey, Karen and Georgia, I'd like to think that I'm a uh, that I'm a pretty chill, plus I'm a Satanist." <laughs> Sweet. Your, your last episode cracked me up. Um, so I thought I'd take the opportunity to tell you a little bit about modern Satanism. Mm. Skippers, don't skip. Skip. This is you, skippers, you need this the most. Yeah, maybe you'll fucking learn something. Maybe you'll stop being of the devil. <laughs> there are all kinds of Satanists. The ones that believe in worship, the ones that believe and worship the actual devil are not what you might call mainstream Satanisms. More common Satanists. More commonly, you'll find people who belong to the Church of Satan or the Satanic Temple. I am a member of the Satanic Temple and also a local group called Sa- Satanic San Francisco. <laughs> like, good morning. That's it's where Satanic I- San Francisco. Here's the local news. That's where I lived when I lived in San Francisco. <laughs> hey, what neighborhood did you live in? This is fucking hell. Oh my God. I only have $11 and I have to take the bus to two different jobs what bus did you take uh the, that the 666 <laughs> come on the one that went down lincoln i think it's on a 22 no nah. the one that basically the one that went diagonally across town not the fun satanic one no way the one that smelled like feet <laughs> <laughs> you gotta think the satanic bus smells like feet a little bit too though <laughs> right <laughs> or candles. Or candles. Okay, go ahead. Um, I'm a member of the Satanic Temple, the Satanic San Francisco. Our version of Satanism is what you might call an um, atheistic religion. Most of us do not believe in God, nor by extension the devil. What we do believe in is a personal autonomy, equal rights, and the separation of church and state. We've just co-opted the imagery created by mainstream, mostly Christian religions to represent our opposition to some of the more oppressive beliefs. So when some government office wants to put up a Ten Commandments statue on public land, we'll be there to ask for our own Bahamut statue. Bahamut. Baphomet statue. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, after all, the government can't advocate for any one religion. Thanks, First Amendment. So they either have to represent all religions fairly or be hands off with all religions. The Satanic Temple also has a strong feminist view, which also which was what attracted me to it in the first place. Our emphasis on personal freedom also includes freedom over our bodies, meaning a woman's right to choose is sacrosanct. Um, they have fun with their religion. They have potlucks. They have screenings of movies like <laughs> Rosemary's Babies. They have letter writing campaigns where they curse the Trump's Trump's cabinet. We not, we not, we might not believe in curses, but we wanted to grab the attention of those who do, and even a book club. <laughs> right now, we're reading a book about the Satanic Panic in the 1990s, which sounds fucking awesome. So it's obvious why most of our members are also murderinos. Thank you for a wonderful show that is funny and fascinating. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. And something sat- satanus uh, probably hail or something yeah hail satan i think something like that simone 
<laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Simone, thank you for providing information. But I think that's like such a clear in the in the satanic panic days mm-hmm. when the Church of Satan would show up being from the San Francisco Bay Area and the Anton LaVey right. and the Church of Satan had a real like it had a real um, it was scary and people would talk about it in these very serious scary terms and it it like that letter makes me so happy because really it's a political group yeah and what they're saying is like this country was founded on the separation of church and state for a very important reason because when the government becomes just chooses a religion that they're going to represent and not others that means the people who aren't in that religious group are going to be oppressed right and so it's it's actually kind of badassy yeah i mean everything about that is super badassy but i mean and at the same time i only can think of my Aunt Mary, the nun, who would be like, I don't know if I want you to be saying that you love the church. Of no, Satan. she wouldn't be saying that. She'd be saying Latin prayers over your soul. Although, <laughs> but no, but she actually might be going, I can see their point because yeah. she's the most fair, yeah. lovely person ever. But well, when I said Satanists are actually cool, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Last week. I love when that. When I couldn't put it into words. They're kind own. of humanists that are being anarch, aren't anarchists. And they're using. I mean, it's almost like they're really great uh, PR people. Yeah. Good for them. So I'm happy that that got sent because I think it was necessary. Also, I've heard on last podcast on the left, Henry and Marcus both talking about, I don't think Ben Kissel is a Satanist, but I, the... Let's spread the rumor because he's running for like council in Brooklyn. Oh, that's right. Let's just spread Have the you looked into a Satanist past? <laughs> um, <laughs> they talk about that all the time and that's... Henry has talked a lot about yeah. that where it's, it's really about personhood and asserting yourself so that you don't live under this thing of, Oh, some, someone somewhere is going to judge me. And someone made up some man who was in charge, made up a God and a religion so that people would fall in line. And now you feel guilty, Karen, for, or you did at eight years old for doing stupid shit that has Still nothing do. to do with. Still do. Uh-oh. All day, all day, every day. <laughs> Things I can't even figure out. It's fun, isn't it, to be just damaged from your childhood? I mean, it really is. It really makes you an interesting person. I think it gives me depth. Mm-hmm. And I think it also, there's a certain je ne sais quoi about me. Mm-hmm. 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 Do you have any corrections? That was my corrections corner. Um, yes, I have a couple. Let's see. Well, we, these are the tweets we've gotten of like, this is now mirror corrections corner where people are correct, giving us the corrections and we're just reading that. Right. Yes. So Boone's farm was the wine you were trying to think of. I was going to say, um, mine was that if you had guessed Arbor mixed, that's fine. But what I actually (laughs) remember. Yeah. But what I actually, like, I feel like that's a fair one that people were like, is it Arbor miss? I mean, I got this on all platforms, all social media platforms. You got a telegram at the front door. Is it? Is the wine Arbor Mist you were trying to think of? Elvis took a shit and it just said Arbor Mist and it was <laughs> shit. It was really weird. Um, but yes, if you guessed Boone's Farm, you are correct of the weird wine. I, like, I couldn't remember. And so many people wrote like, I was screaming Boone's Farm when you said, I bet people are screaming whatever the name is. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah, that, that one really had a, uh, a ripple effect. <laughs> so many, because everyone has been hungover yeah. <laughs> in their lives off Boone's Farm. Yes, because the sugar content is Ugh. like 50%. It's some horrible thing. Well, what do you expect me to buy purple wine? Well, and also, if you drank purple wine when you were a teen, how are you supposed to remember anything at this sure, point? Sure, So we're, everything's fine. Okay, go on. Moraga is the city <laughs> that is in the hills near Oakland mm. and near Berkeley and blah, 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 that 
uh, Adrian actually just texted me because she just listened to that episode. Oh and she was like, the text I just got like right before I pulled up here was, dude, are you serious? It's Moraga. <laughs> and I was like, okay, because but still have I still haven't heard of it. Yes, but I absolutely oh. know it. And I think we probably played them in softball or something in high sure, school. Sure. But like out of context, no, it just made me realize I've lived in L.A. longer than I lived in Petaluma. Oh, congratulations. I don't think so. Don't you think so? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when I did the uh, arson inspector who was the arsonist yeah. secretly, John yeah. Orr, yeah. a couple weeks ago. The TV set he burned down that everyone sent. Did you ever get any of these messages? Mm-mm. He it, it was the Walton set. Oh, I was thinking of a television that like you have in your television set <laughs> <laughs> that you have in your living room. And no. I'm like, I don't remember that. Was I just tuned out? I think it was um, the I ex- see. It was at the very end of the case. Yeah. It was the last thing he burned. An basically. actual TV show set. Yeah. <laughs> like, the exterior set. pretending that we're at the Walton's house. The Wal- What's the Walton's? I don't remember that one. It was the old one. It was like uh, the whole family. They lived in the mountains in probably... West Virginia or something like that. And there was like the grandma and the dad and the mom and the fucking Snore. like six kids. Good night, John Boy. Good night, oh, Mary Ellen. That's them. Okay. All right. That's the Waltons. All right. Well, sucks to be them. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully no one was inside the Waltons oh, house when it hope. burned. No. Then the other one was, there's two now. So a bunch of people thought, uh, I had said last week, what had happened was, um, and a lot of people thought I was referencing the podcast, another round, which is Tracy Clayton's podcast, who mm-hmm. I am. I've never met her in real life, but I claim to be friends with her because we've <laughs> yeah. talked, we've talked on Twitter. Friends a bunch of is times. loose, especially. Yeah. I mean, she, I think she'd pick me up at the airport if I needed yeah, her to. I get that. There's yeah. a lot of people I haven't really quote met, but that are my friends, but we kind of know each other. Yeah. And so, um, she I guess that's something she says on her podcast but I it's it's I'm quoting the fresh that's what the fresh prince of bel-air would say when he was trying to make an excuse for something what was what what had happened what his oh. uncle would like confront him on something and be like well what had happened was but I hedged it a little bit because it sounded like I'm a white girl doing a black voice and oh. I was like and in this day and age let's not be that person we don't so want to um what's it called culturally appropriate that's right I'm so overly afraid of culturally appropriating that like I won't wear my like I have this like cute like Chinese style dress this uh-huh. like vintage China doll dress that I just won't wear anymore because I'm like this isn't this isn't okay this is rude this <laughs> is like someone else's culture do you mean one of those ones that's kind of diagonally at the top it and it's snaps like snaps at the neck those are I don't know about that I just don't want I'm so scared now well fine then good that's better that right <laughs> I mean it doesn't look great on me either so <laughs> whatever it's not a good cut anyhow yeah, but i love chinese people so i don't want to be mean <laughs> but full props to another round great and those women who are hilarious and um our friends whatever uh <laughs> now this is the last one and this is the one that we get the most people think some people think that we invented hi or oh, bai. yeah but then oftentimes people ask are you quoting alaska from rupaul's drag race mm-hmm. I actually am quoting my friends, mm-hmm. uh, Haley Schaefer, Tennille Cobb, and Hannah Pinter, who were APs with me on like a bunch of TV shows I've worked on. And we, when we were at our unhappiest, I would like walk up. I was uh, oftentimes their boss and I would have to go up and be like, can you guys get me a thing? But to, to kind of, sometimes it was either to 
cut the tension of like, I have to now tell you what to do. Or we hated at one job, we hated the people around us so much that we did it as loud. So I would walk up to ask them for something which should have been almost a silent transaction. (laughs) And instead I'd go, hi, and then they'd go, hi, and we would do it as obnoxiously as possible. So I feel like, and I I feel like, and I can't remember life before this podcast, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure that like, that was bye, hi it was in all my emails like when i wanted to be like hi i have to ask you for something yeah i would write h-i-i-i-y-o-i-e you know like i just think it's a thing that people do but we have always mentioned that that is something that is like a coined phrase yes on I drag think race alaska made it popular yeah. it was like a thing that people are copying but when i the last time i saw hannah and Haley and tenille i was like where did are you guys doing it because alaska did it right. on drag race and they're all like i don't know i just started doing it at some point nobody knew our source that's the same thing for me and i recently we were talking about the, the phrase coochie twinge mm-hmm. which is like one of my like when you're just like oh god no it's like that's a, getting a coochie twinge and like you were like well someone had to have said that first and i'm like i don't fucking think so like i just remember did you look it up no but i just remember of course i didn't look it up that's work oh, oh um but i just remember saying it all the time with friends and like it being the best description and the first time i heard it was from a friend it wasn't like so man, all, everything is fucking appropriated. Every everything's appropriated. Yeah, nothing except belongs for to anyone. Your Chinese dress, except for sex, stay sexy, don't get murdered. That's ours. Don't fucking steal it. Yeah, we made that up. Listen, for sure. For sure. Here comes the lawsuit. It actually <laughs> turns out in 1947, Dorothy Parker said it. No, no, the trademark is then it's it's expired. <laughs> Sorry, that was all for me. I just thought I'd update all of those. That was great. Uh, oh, we have a present to give. On oh, this that's week's right. Episode on on the air present. Listen, look. It's been five months. <laughs> Stephen Ray Morris has been working for us on the good faith that someday we will pay him. Not, someday, not even some like that's not even the thing he's been waiting for. The someday is that Karen and Georgia, as human beings, will get our shit together enough to set up a fucking payroll as like a regular business, which is like so daunting to both of us in a way that's like I don't know how to adult. No, we don't. That's why we fucking hired Stephen. That's right. You're supposed to be the adult, Stephen, yeah. but then we have to do the work. Yeah, to so, pay you. And we brought you your walking papers <laughs> in the form of a check that i feel kind of bad because man the government took out so much of it <laughs> hey it's that's so like, big it's, it's so big it's huge let him have it here you go oh my gosh i'm like dun, totally dun, 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 and elvis just rips right it up elvis elvis rip it up uh, steven you. look at it yeah. we want your on-camera okay. reaction yeah but we only get you disappointed oh he's like i can't pay rent uh, this month oh my gosh oh i can totally pay rent this month. <laughs> okay good <laughs> yay oh my gosh well thank you <laughs> Thank, Thank you for you. paying you the money that we promised <laughs> yes. you in January that we owed you. You're welcome. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I'm like totally red right now. Props oh my to God. Um, And this check is so heavy. <laughs> Steve at ADP, I want to say, who's our payroll company. Monica, first of all, when I emailed him, he was like, uh, I can help you with anything you need. Blah, 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 blah. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Steve. And I was just like, oh, this is my friend. So he, the whole time he walked me through everything. He was so patient and cool because I was like, I don't know how you're fucking doing. Yeah. They were the 
the company was so great. I'm so happy we went through them. I mean, his name is Steve, so. And his name is Steve. We're golden. Yeah. Does he have a mustache? Probably. He does now. (laughs) What if he has, like, he's the exact opposite of you. He has, like, his hair parts on the other side. And he has a weird Abraham, or, like, what do you call it? Like, an Amish beard on the bottom (laughs) instead of a mustache on the top. We're going to become best friends. Or what if it's actually Steven? He has to get a job at ADP because we're not fucking paying him enough. And he's just like, no, it's me. Let me show you exactly how to do this word for word. I'll do everything. Uh, well, congr- congratulations. congratulations. In six months, we'll see you again with a paycheck. No, it's That's monthly right. now. It's oh monthly now. Yay. Yay. You're on, the, you're on schedule to be employed like a normal person. You're on the take. It's very exciting that you are a part of our team, Steven. Mm-hmm. You really help us so much and save us so much pain. Yeah. So much pain. And I love that Thank the people you. in this little group are like people we care about. This little like this little group of Stephen and Vince. <laughs> yes. No, I'm it's this great. is my favorite thing to do in the world. So Yay! Yay! More than the percast, you have to say yes. <laughs> yes. Yay! Ah, Your got, co-host is like, too. fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just put a version where she only hears where it's just the opposite. Yeah. No. Can we get edit no? yourself out? Yes. Yeah. Get a clean no out in there. <laughs> um cool. Anything else? A lot of murders happening in the world. But oh I really don't want to talk about them. So much heavy shit. Um, yeah. I got real depressed yesterday. Like, we were like, it was like five, and we had decided not to record to that line. So I was like, I had the night free. And Vince was like, do you want to go out to eat? And I'm like, of course. Like, that's my dream. But then I was just like, I don't want to go anywhere. Nowhere seems right. And I realized it was because I had just been reading the news. Yeah. And I was so depressed. Yeah. It's only bad news now. Oh, my God. And it's one thing after the other. It's just every, from every direction, you know, it's terrible, terrible news. But I will say this. I feel like people are making an effort to, if they are not the enemy, they are making an effort to make sure you know they're a friend. I feel like that's happening more and more these days. I love that. I feel like it's a thing to keep your eye out for because it's important because if you focus, the news is only going to tell you about stuff. It's yeah. how they make their money. Yeah. They do not make money with their, this dog is best friends with the goat. Nobody <laughs> stays around for that story. Yeah. They only stay around to either have their fears confirmed right. or you know, a, learn a new fear. That's just what the news Jesus, is. Yeah. So you have to tune out and you have to, you know, go to soup plantation. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect, this was so heartfelt. And then suddenly it got real. Which I is always ruin truth. it. I always ruin it. <laughs> no, that was beautiful. Um, it does seem, but it, you know, particularly lately, it does seem like all the news is like, here's a, here's a bunch of good people where bad people did things to them. It's like, there's just like innocent people who keep getting bad stuff done to them by people who, and I can't wrap my head around it or bad people, you know, which is so hard to, understand and it's you it's feel the so abuse helpless. of power it's yeah there's a lot of abuse of power right now that what is happening now is we're in a, a transitional phase where power is being taken back or taken away and it hmm. seems slow and it seems like maybe it won't change but it will change yeah. and it is changing and you have to believe it's changing so that you can continue trying because that's the most important thing is is you know, it feels like sometimes the setup is they're trying to get people to quit. They're trying to get people to turn against each other. Oh, yeah. And the other day, like, we, there's a million we could talk about 
the police shootings, we could talk about fucking Bill Cosby, we could talk about politics of all kinds, we could whatever, um, attacks on Muslim children. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, so fucked. Mm-hmm. But the other day, somebody just posted the picture of hundreds of people in London walking with flowers to go put them down where at the at the most recent yeah place where a muslim was attacked the mosque uh where they drove the guy drove into the drove the van and what what i think people are starting to understand is when things like that happen everybody else needs to stand up and show the world no this is not what we want yeah. it, like it's the uh just being um being quiet isn't working anymore right. like people have to st- make a stand and show that there is another force working. And we were talking about all of this at work. And at one point I just said, I'd like to remind everybody about the women's March because that was millions of men and women, but mostly women in their hats all around the world, standing up and going, "Uh uh-uh. Nope. And that's, you know, that's just try to remember. Yeah. I would like to keep that attitude of positivity. And then if you can't, just make sure that you're not intaking that yeah. you're balanced out it's like the turn off the news and turn on bob's burgers or something else that's yeah. going to make you happy baskets which is like depressing <laughs> but like it's so good i started i started binge watching it last night in a way that was like oh i'm gonna be gone all doing this all weekend yeah period it's so good it's so good and you write on it i know you're on this you write on the second season was when you start right i can't wait to watch your episode Thanks. we were in a meeting recently and someone found out that you had written this certain they were talking about this certain episode and they found out you write it they almost started crying it's like <laughs> so proud of you it was so thank cool thank you thank you it's um, exciting it's so, it's the one thing that is worth uh having two jobs for which is <laughs> yeah if it was any other show i'd be like what the fuck <laughs> what the karen fuck? you don't need this um, and it's like why are you writing on family feud <laughs> this is like i love those questions <laughs> because there's so many questions i take the polls i'm the one that goes out in the streets You're of the las man vegas on the street in las right. vegas of all places mm-hmm when ask. it's really hot, I like to go out into the street mm. and ask people, what's the weirdest place? <laughs> um, well, speaking of positivity, should we talk about murder? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's keep it on an up note. Yeah. Um, I think you're first. I think week? I am, oh and I God. think I was supposed to be last week. Did you hear about that? Oh, sh- oh that was my correction. Stephen, corner. give me that check back. Yeah. Give me that fucking check back We're right ripping now. this up in front of your Elvis face. Elvis is chewing it up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we have to mention, if you are not a skipper and you did hear the you went to listen to the podcast and in the beginning you were like okay this is the theme song i was listening to every week and then it wasn't the theme song and it was some fucking magic moment that's right so if you're a skipper go back and listen again because the theme song this week of my favorite murder is a, an amazing it's georgia's early rave days um <laughs> meets meets Karen's uh, song. meets forensic files meets my song it's it, a remix of the my favorite murder theme which is amazing and it's written by yogis that's correct so if you go on what, what's what's the channel that they go on steve oh, world SoundCloud. if you go on soundcloud it's y-o-g-z <laughs> right yeah. now what's this channel the, the children put their music on to now steven yes this is uh this is what was the oh this is satanic san francisco <laughs> steven now tell us what's this thing going steven's our tech whiz this brand new theme song 
<laughs> Spy Yogis. Yogis. Y O G Z on SoundCloud. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank Fuck. you so much. Dude, I lost my mind when I heard it. We laughed so hard. Yeah. It's so brilliantly done. Thank you. What an honor. I just don't even remember when I said that thing about ghost in the middle of, you know, Molly, which I just love. She ever hears what you said and you're like, oh my God, that's how I'd like that girl. Yeah. Of yourself. Yes, you should. She's great. <laughs> She's really great. See, we, we didn't have uh, guilt and Catholicism and Judaism. We had, you're fucking great in Judaism. <laughs> you're so cool. Really? And, and, there's guilt, but. No, we dig ourselves. We love hearing ourselves talk. <laughs> We're great. Now, I just like to quickly go back to Stephen's correction mm. corner. Mm. Yeah, I felt like he was really about to spill it. Oh, go, Stephen. No, I mean, I it, I just, I got excited and I was like, George is first. And I was like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, that, that's, that was on me this It's week, a rare week. mistake from Stephen yeah. Raymars. It n- almost never happens. Mm-mm. It really doesn't. Unless we just don't. I've no. been flogging myself since speaking. <laughs> Good. Just like Da Vinci Code style. We might need to use one of the three like tools that people have given us at live shows to check when it's our turn. Oh yeah. The um at well, there's one's like an abacus. One's like a rock that you flip you flip it. Yep. There's so day. many. Yeah, it's pretty great. Really beautiful handcrafted tools that we've never looked at since they were given to us. Listen, one day I'm gonna go up into that fucking podcast loft that's hot as shit and clean it and organize it and it's gonna be beautiful. I let my one and a half year old niece, nephew. What's a nephew? That's a boy. Go up there and he like picked up this like cute knit thing that someone made of Elvis and I was like you can fucking keep that like but in a good way because it was so cool and he like went directly towards it and was like held it and then like carried it around the house for the rest of the day and I was keep it the someone made us and it's actually been a couple people and it's probably it's the same style but have have given us knit versions little versions of ourselves I keep meaning to post this at live shows and my dog's walk around with Georgia in their mouths all day and it's so hilarious and sometimes <laughs> it makes me so happy I take pictures because George does a thing where she's laying down and George is like a big lab right yeah she's half lab half hound so she is Aww, she's a weirdo she baby. looks weird but um she what she likes to do is if she's feeling lazy she'll have a toy in her mouth and she just flips it up in the air and catches it that's like, like how laying she, down yes so she's so I have a picture series that I sent to Georgia of George flipping Georgia up in the air and catching her. And George is a girl, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to post it like a scroll thing on Instagram. I know I keep saying I'm going to do shit on Instagram, but I'm really good. It it made me so happy to see (laughs) that. You know what? The reason I didn't post is because I couldn't find the girl who made that toy. Right. And I wanted to credit her, but I'll, I'll figure it out. All the people, uh, and we do talk to people in real time when we're being given things, but we really do love them and we really do keep them and they're in boxes and stuff. Even though like weird shit people bring us, that's just like, I didn't know what to bring you. So I got you this like sticker from my town and it's yeah. just like, fucking thank you. We still have, I still, I was just telling my sister this when we were in, I'm pretty sure it was Seattle. A guy gave me his Costco card <laughs> and he goes, right. look at what, it, look at how evil I look in my picture on my Costco card. And I was like, Oh my God, you, you look totally evil and he and i handed back and he goes no no that's for you and i still i keep it it's right on my desk it It just sits right uh next to me uh right where i type shit so you know we have you with us that that, that makes me want to cry like we're just it's so funny and happy and lucky and i'm so stoked we're having a good time everybody listen sorry to be so stuck up i'm so sorry we're into ourselves but i'm jewish (laughs) 
<laughs> and I, I think I'm pretty neat. <laughs> I always wanted to be Jewish. Ever since I saw the Goodbye Girl and Quinn Cummings, oh. I was like, that is, that's who I was supposed to be. I was born in the wrong body. I was born in the wrong family. I'm supposed to be the child of a divorced mother in Manhattan. Yeah. Well, you, I think Catholics, Catholics <laughs> and Jews are very, it's, there's a lot of similarities in the families there. So you just need to fucking take my uh, cockiness a little bit. I'm going to. Okay. And like, just take a little couple things. I'm going to take a half a cup of your cockiness. <laughs> my mother always told me that um, Jewish men and Irish Catholic women are the best combination because see that. they're both matriarchal societies. Yeah. And so a lot of other men get very offended by how bossy <gasps> and controlling we are as Irish Catholic women. But um, which is but so Jewish funny men like it because... I think Jewish women were raised that way too, which is why, and we think we're badasses. So when I meet a Jewish man, I'm like, fuck you. You're so fucking cocky. Like, I don't like it. I've never dated a Jewish guy. Vince is fucking atheist, whatever. And I could, so I could see that, like an appreciation there. Yeah. I think it's, that's a nice mix. This has been Catholic Jew talk. (laughs) We're going to cut all this out. So we don't offend everyone. Next week, Buddhism. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye so it's me this week yay okay 
Give it to me. I'm going to get my sweaty fucking ass on this leather couch comfortable. Hold yeah. On. Slide your ass around and really find your space in this world. I, um, so having a job again, I, I, when I do my murders, I usually do them. I have to do them quickly Okay, I'm sorry, but the pose you're in right now... Is this helping you? Is... is this helping you? Remind... <laughs> Georgia's facing me on the couch with one leg up in the air as if I'm her gynecologist. And it's... But I have a pillow! It's exactly... No, you're blocking it entirely. But it's exactly like that scene from Girls when she's at surf camp and she just pulls oh, her bathing suit aside and suns her pussy. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> I think about that all the time. I'm definitely... And I'm also wearing like... A sh- like 1970s what is this called like a onesie a romper romper yeah. short shorts so yeah. if I move this pillow it would be full it's over it would be over I love that scene you move that pillow we're bestie besties we're best friends don't think I wouldn't too because nothing <laughs> about Jews is we have no fucking shame naked we're just always naked can I tell that story of on your wedding night I don't remember what you're talking about but go for it. oh yeah <laughs> Can I? <laughs> Fuck, I have no secrets. You don't care. No. On George's wedding night, and this was like, I don't even know what, to, well, it was when you guys went back to your room, obviously, so it was probably 2.30 in the morning. I was already, I'd already gone back to my room and gone to bed. I look at my phone, and Georgia had texted me a picture of herself. <laughs> well, here, can I explain that? Wait, wait, wait. So, a bunch, so we, after the wedding was over, we went to like, you know, to a little after party thing, and like, I guess a bunch of you guys, my girlfriends, had snuck into our hotel room and decorated it all cute and put candles and like, that wasn't That me. wasn't you. And put like, uh, but you had helped me with the wedding too and yes i just don't want to take credit for like put you made my um bouquet that's sitting right over there that's right um put rose petals and a heart like just just some really cute sweet like shit that and that whole day made me think how like there was so much help from so many girlfriends and it made me so fucking it was so wonderful and so i got back and saw that and started crying immediately so then and she had already taken her dress off which means she was topless entirely like there she doesn't wear a foundation garment our girl georgia (laughs) so she's texted me a picture of herself topless crying with like her wedding you still had something in your hair for your wedding i texted that to maybe 10 of my girlfriends and i had glitter because we had glitter in the fucking photo so it was just (laughs) glitter stuck to my entire body and i'm sitting on the bed crying and so i don't care a bunch of you guys have a topless photo of me naked and crying on your wedding hell who fucking cares well done you yay thank you (laughs) thank you for telling that story (laughs) okay so because uh because i'm pushing off my homework to the last minute i was going through uh you recommended to me mysteries abound which is um uh it's a amazing podcast by an australian guy named paul rex it is the best he reads articles out of really cool magazines um and they're just they're just interesting fascinating uh wonders from around the world lots of stuff about aliens lots of stuff about there's murder stuff there's just kind of general mysteries some some of it's of nature based so cool it's so good but he has this amazing voice so like I've been listening to it on planes because we travel so much and you get into that weird travel stress mode. Mm-hmm. So when I got onto a plane, I put that podcast on and I can like go to sleep or I yeah. can, I just am like super relaxed. So I've listened to all of them. I'm obsessed. So, um, uh, so also he, he is an independent podcaster. So you can go on to just Google Paul Rex and mysteries abound. He has another uh, podcast called origins 
like origin right, with a Z. Right. I haven't heard any of that, but yeah. it, that another, it's another thing that seems fascinating. Definitely. Um, but he, when he reads his articles says it's from this magazine or this website. Quotes and the source. Quotes, <laughs> quotes the source. I don't get it. Really good idea. Um, and one of the one, the websites he talks about all the time is a website called cool, interesting stuff.com. Yeah. I've heard that falling asleep. Cool yeah. from cool, interesting stuff.com. This is from cool, interesting stuff.com. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, uh, but also g- give, please give Paul Rex money so that he Ugh. keeps podcasting. Cause it's so such high quality. Yeah. It's so good for sure. I did. <gasps> I, I'm not just telling you to, I did. Um, so oh, anyway, you gave him money. Got I it. gave him money oh, this morning. So nice. Cause I was like, I want to tell people to do it, but I don't want to be. Right, 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 right. I need to walk the walk. Take it. Anyhow, I went on to cool, interesting stuff because I was like, okay, I'm going to find, I'm going to be able to get something and get a murder. Because oftentimes, if I leave it till the day of, the story, it's the chronology that gets me. There's mm-hmm. so much information that you, like, I, you know, you want to pick a good one, but then they have, there's just so much stuff that you have to yeah. sift through and the, you have to figure out the story you want to And tell. you can't just read like a news report on it because that's not interesting. You have to tell, I got the same thing with mine this week where it's like, how do I end this? Or how do I like make this exciting towards the end or yeah. not make it just, yeah. Yeah. You have to, you know, story. I don't know. You have to work on your podcast. You like write a story for your podcast. It seems bullshit. I'm like kind of annoyed. I don't like it that much. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but, but who said this was homework? Whom do you think this is? Whom do, do you I are? think you are? So, okay. go on to coolinterestingstuff.com. Okay. Um, which also seems like an independently produced thing. It it's all art it's all articles and um things it looks like somebody's doing it out of their den. But someone's legitimately like, I think this is cool and interesting. Yes. Um, Love it. Is it even real? Who knows? Who the fuck knows? So this is the story that I found that I, I just love this. Uh, and this kind of combines all my things. I'm so excited. It's called the Carbon Copy Murders. <laughs> Have you heard of it? No, but I'm excited. Okay, it's so good. <sighs> okay. I just read it to you. So um, also... CoolInterestingStuff.com is the only um, source that I can quote because there's no individual writers that I found. Like there was oh, no see, individual writer on this article. Got it. And so a lot of this article so is... So it's, it's a chick in a den. Whoop! No, this just fell off the fucking couch. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Did sorry. He, see, he fall asleep and then fall off the couch? Yeah. Elvis, uh, you're drunk. It's probably one chick in her den. Right. Yes, exactly. Stuff. Um, so if you work there or you know somebody, please tell us who coolinterestingstuff.com. Linda, tell us if you're working. If Linda, it's your, give us your last name. Linda, we want to know. Linda, we want to support you. Okay. The Carbon Copy Murders. So on May 27th, 1817, mm. at 6.30 a.m., a laborer on his way to work in Erdington, uh, England, I'm sure that's how they pronounce it. Erdington. Oh, I'm sure that's how they England. I'm sure that's how they pronounce England? it. England. I don't know. Have you heard of it? Um, he sees a pile of bloodstained clothes near Penn's Mill. We say that as if it's somewhere we know what it is. Yeah. So he calls the police or he gets the police because it's 1817. <laughs> he calls out for the police. Yeah, please. <laughs> and they search the area. They find two sets of footprints Mm -hmm. um a big and a little and they follow them down to a flooded sand pit and they then they dredge the sand pit (gasps) and they find the body of a local girl named mary ashford oh no 
So uh, they start, the cops start asking around and they find out the story of what she had been doing the night before. So it was a holiday called Wit Monday. And I, <laughs> I looked it up. So it's basically, it's a Christian holiday 50 days after Easter. They kept calling it on like the, when I looked it up on the, on Wikipedia or whatever, they kept calling it Pentecost, which I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I'm like, a, a lifelong Catholic. I've never heard of this before. It doesn't exist. It, it just, if you don't lie. know what it is, it doesn't exist. <laughs> Me, the expert? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's basically, it sounds to me like it's like a last day of May. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, a last day of sp- the end of spring kind of um, before yeah. summer holiday. And it's on a Monday. So it's basically an excuse to have a long weekend. Sure. Even back in 1817. Yeah. And so that night, um, they were having a dance in Erdington for Whit Monday. Um, so Mary, um, she had traveled from Erdington, her hometown, to Birmingham to sell dairy produce at the local market. That's like what she did for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she had plans to meet up with her friend, Hannah Cox. She was going to go to Hannah's house, change into her party dress. And they were together going to go to Whitsuntide. Uh, the Whitsuntide Dance is what it was called mm-hmm. for for Whit Monday. Um, that was at the Tyburn House Inn. That was that night. So she got to Hannah's house at six in the evening. She changed into her new dress, and then they went to the dance Wait, together. I'm sorry, she's twelve. Twenty. Twenty. Oh, that's a lot older. Okay, <laughs> it's like eight years older. Yeah. Um. So they at the dance they have a great time she's very popular well-known girl mary is and so they have lots of male admirers at the dance um but for the most part she had spent the evening in the company of a young bricklayer named abraham thornton mm-hmm. get that bricklayer my grandfather was a bricklayer no way he was the president of the bricklayers union in san francisco oh my god yeah so that sound the two of them together sounds like a fucking cover of a romance novel yeah the hot brick, the lady that, and the bricklayer hell yeah that's a, if you lay bricks then you also keep your shirt unbuttoned <gasps> to your navel definitely and but, he's like more like a brick slayer i don't know something <laughs> there's something there yeah. just wait, like let it like yeah. roll around in your mo- sure, 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 mind sure, sure, for sure. a little bit so she's hanging out with abe her friend hannah is hanging out with a guy named benjamin carter mm-hmm. so the dance ends at midnight and the foursome leave and hannah and benjamin um are separated and mary so hannah and benjamin go off this way mm. and mary and abraham go off in another direction definitely leave your friend with a guy she doesn't know right i mean look it they're adult they're 20 yeah they're at a dance good times great oldies now let's go for a stroll <laughs> in the lane if you can't trust the guy you just met who can you trust if you can't trust a fucking bricklayer what kind of world do we live in 1817 yeah. england yeah okay <clears throat> so later on it's like 3 30 in the morning mary is seen walking toward back toward hannah cox's house mm-hmm. and the witness um tells the police that he noticed she was walking very slowly and that she was alone mm-hmm. um at hannah's house she takes off the new dress changes back into her work clothes and tells hannah she's gonna go home she says goodbye leaves the house at 4 a.m and and uh, she's only she's seen two more occasions that night occasions you can tell that was a cut and paste word if you've ever heard one 
Um, a man named Joseph Dawson testified that he'd seen Mary in Bell Lane around 4.15 a.m. I mean, they partied all night Dude, long. that's like, I can't. I, know, I can't I know. do that, and that's 200 years later. For Well, but she's 20. Sure. And she's got that, like, a milk a milkmaid's constitution. Yeah. She's like, I'm selling dairy all week. Yeah. I want to party. Yeah. Okay. He's Joseph Dawson sees her at 4:15 and then 10 minutes later she was seen in the same lane by a guy named Thomas Broadhurst. There's a lot of people out. Yeah. At night. Well, cuz it's that three it's that 3-day weekend everyone's sure working for. Uh, <laughs> both witnesses <laughs> say that she was alone when they saw her. Okay. Okay, so when the police interview Abe Thornton, the the guy, and they tell her that she has been murdered that she probably by strangulation after being raped he was in total shock he told the detectives i can't believe she was murdered i was with her until four o'clock this morning Uh -uh. so um the police believe him to be sincere they they, they, he doesn't understand that he's the chief suspect in this murder investigation. He's finally taken into custody. Um, and they grill him about the night and every, the whole, everything that happened after they left the dance. Um, he says that they did have sex. Um, but in he didn't. 1817? They boned? <laughs> they totally boned in a field. Oh my God. It was better then. Yeah. Less chemicals. <laughs> um, he, they had sex, but he denies, of course, that he raped and murdered her. Sure. He actually states that um, when Hannah and Ben peeled off, he and Mary strolled hand in hand through a field over to a stile, which is, I don't know if you've ever watched like a Jane Austen movie, Mm-mm. but sometimes you know how like they walk through fields. They're like, I'm going to go over to that castle over there and mm-hmm. they just start walking. Mm-hmm. Well, when you come to a fence, they used to build in stairs into the fence with like a pole. So you could walk over the fence oh. without the like sheep getting over the fence. I didn't so know that. Okay. That's, that was called a style. Okay. That was the standard thing. Got so it. they went over to a style, sat down, started chatting. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. What's it like to lay bricks? It's like this. How's what is it really like selling milk? I'll tell you. Shut up. I'll tell you if you just let me talk for one second. <laughs> they talk for 15 minutes and then they go to the green at Erdington where Mary goes back into Hannah's house to change out of the dress she's in, her nice dress, and into her work clothes. He's waiting outside for her for a long time and she doesn't come back out. Huh. So he goes home alone. That's his story. Mm-hmm. Um, he and that story is backed up by three witnesses who saw him standing there waiting for her. <gasps> One was a gamekeeper named John Hayden, um, at, who stood there and talked to him for fifteen full minutes. Fuck. So uh, everybody's like, "Yeah, this, you know." Whatever. So clearly he did it. So clearly <laughs> it's this piece of shit. No. Um, so. The, basically, the investigation stalls out because uh, aside from that bit, like bit of action, there's nothing else that they know about what Mary did that night. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and no one saw the two of them together after she went back into Hannah's house. Right. Um, so they have a trial. Still, he's arrested no. and he's and he's brought to trial. Fuck. And. Um, that trial was in August of that year at the Warwick ass size court. <laughs> no, but fuck. Yeah. Yeah. What is your ass size? 
um, will guess your weight and charge you with murder. <laughs> your ass size is, right doesn't look uh, innocent. Okay. So hundreds of people think he did it. So they're all standing outside the court waiting to for the guilty verdict. Those are the good people. Yeah. Those the are the murderinos of 1817. Yeah. So it turns out... Uh, after six minutes of deliberation, the jury came back and with the verdict, not guilty. Great. So in modern English law, that verdict uh, would have been final. But in early 19th century, an ancient law existed, which enabled Mary Ashford's brother, William, to appeal that verdict um, and demand a second trial. Hmm. And uh, so the judge, Lord Ellenborough, Sure. He decides he allows Thornton to take advantage of an archaic law called trial by battle, B-A-T-T-E-L. Mm-hmm. That's how you know it's old. Mm. Um, so basically, that it means he can renew his plea of not guilty by literally throwing a gauntlet down from the dock. No. Yeah. So... I- yeah, so it's, it's Come on. that and by doing that, he is challenging William Ashford, Mary's brother, who is the one who wants him, you know, yeah, retried. Yeah. He's challenging him to a fight to a, the death. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, unless one of them surrenders or is incapacitated during the fight. Guys, guys, guys. So, so people do fight this because it's such an ancient, but it's basically Lord Ellenborough is like this is this is the law of England and it's allowed. And so my god, can you imagine today of like that being All right, well there's a law that says you can have a duel, so let's yeah. have a duel. So grab this axe and throw it on the ground. Yeah. It's in the law books. Um so uh if Ashford accepts the challenge and wins, that means Thornton will be executed immediately. Fuck. But if Thornton wins, then he's free and doesn't have to ever appear in court again for this murder. So well, for the murder of this guy. Oh my God. Go well, on. no, that, that one's like, everybody knows yeah, 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 yeah. that that's what he signed up for. Okay. So, um, so this guy does it. He's like, hell yes, I'm in. So he throws the gauntlet down and, uh, William Ashford basically doesn't respond to Abraham Thornton's challenge. Um, and so he gets off. Oh. So it's basically like one of those things where you, if you have a traffic ticket and you challenge it, if the cop that gave you the ticket doesn't show up in court, yeah. then you don't have to pay the ticket. So the brother was like, oh, I went on the trial. And Abraham was like, gauntlet. And he was like, you know what? I don't want to get killed. You're good. Because you're a big, beefy bricklayer. Yeah. And you're going to kick my ass. You're like walking off the cover of a romance novel. Yeah. It's, you're, you're like... What's his name? Fabio. Thank you. <laughs> I only you say know? that because Vince jokes about Fabio all the time. Does he? Yeah. Fabio was sitting behind our table at a sushi restaurant <gasps> once. Me and my friend Karen Anderson. And so I was staring at Fabio the entire <gasps> oh dinner. My God. And I was like, there's a celebrity behind you. You have to guess who it is. Oh, my God. You will never not believe it. She guessed people the entire dinner. And I was giving her clues. That's my I was dream like, com- dinner conversation. Long hair, romance. I was giving her every clue. She never guessed it. And we had to wait until he got up and walked out. And then she's like, Fabio? No. Yeah. I'd be like, Fabio? Yeah. Vince will jokingly say like, something like you look great like i know fabio's your type but like he always references like when we're making out and you close your eyes and think about fabio <laughs> no i don't he's your yes he's your male ideal yeah yeah, yeah that's what i think about <clears throat> okay so um essentially he gets off 
he never is going to get tried again. Okay. And he ends up, it's such a, he, he's so known as everyone thinks he killed Mary Ashford that he ends up emigrating to the United States because he can't get a job as a bricklayer. Shit. So exactly 157 years <gasps> later to the hour. Shut the fuck up. After the discovery of Mary Ashford's body on Monday, May 27th, 1975, which was also Whit Monday. Oh my God. Oh my laid God. on the, that holiday late on the same day, 157 years later, the body of 20 year old Barbara Forrest was found dead in the long grass of a ditch near Pipe Hayes Children's Home where she worked as a nurse. She had been strangled and raped. <gasps> uh, the bodies of both victims were found within 300 yards of each other. Oh, my God. And later, police arrested Michael Thornton. No. A Birmingham child care officer who worked at that same children's home where Barbara worked. So the, here's the similarities. They were both 20. They look alike. And there are two pictures. One, one looks like an illustration of a Jane Austen character. Mm -hmm. And one is a straight on picture of a very pretty very young 70s gal mm. so you can't get the profile mm. thing but they look alike mm -hmm. it's the same like small fine features mm -hmm. of Delicate. two young women yeah, yeah, essentially yeah. both pretty um they had both visited their best friend no. on the evening of Whit Monday to change into a new <gasps> dress for the local dance party they were both raped and then strangled and they were both that happened to them both at the same time of day. Oh, my God. Same guy did it then, probably, right? Uh, yep. He was a time traveler that was just about that spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone who walked by that spot, he was going to kill. They were both, obviously, both guys named Thornton. Jesus. In both instances, the man named Thornton was charged, then subsequently acquitted. Wow. Mary Ashford and Barbara Forrest had the same birth date. Stop. And... No. Not ready to move on yet. Okay. <laughs> Stop it right fucking now. Now, listen, this is from coolinterestingstuff.com. Well, clearly they're correct in titling their fucking website that. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. It's, if this is true, yeah, all yeah. true, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. It's so insane. If it's not, it's still fine. I still fucking it's love still it. Right. I still love the concept of Fuck. it. But fuck, I mean, like this because this could happen. That's just that thing of like, yeah, yeah. If a hundred monkeys, right. you know, are typing a typewriter, like it's that kind of thing. But it's, but it's also then it brings in my favorite kind of occulty thing, which, which is, could something else be involved or uh, whatever? I love it. Um, here's the other similarity. A week before Mary Ashford was murdered, she told her friend Hannah Cox's mother that she had bad feelings about the week to come, hmm. but she didn't know what it meant. She didn't have any specifics on that. And 10 days before Barbara Forrest was raped and strangled, she told a colleague at work, this is going to be my unlucky month. I just know it. Don't ask me why. <sighs> Carbon copy murders, ladies Karen! and gentlemen. Isn't that insanity? Oh my God. Coochie twinge. <laughs> but you're saying that with your leg up in the air. Sorry. With my just, I am splayed. <laughs> open i mean can it change at that angle what? can you see <laughs> don't even you're embarrassing you. steven i'm sorry steven is flat face flat on no, the he's ground taking notes I, oh, no, I think he passed out nope you're right he's passed out <laughs> shit we killed steven we killed steven oops well you're coochie killed steven oh man mm. ain't be the first time i kill i don't know what 
It doesn't make any sense. Um, that was amazing. And creepy and fucked up. Insane. Thank you for Thank. regaling me. Thank you, Paul Rex. Thank you, Linda from uh, coolinterestingthings.com. <laughs> or Lyndon. Lyndon or Linda. Whoever you might be. That's it. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. So here's one that's been in my drafts like since the beginning of this podcast because <laughs> I've always loved this story. Okay. But there's never like good closure to it because it was only five years ago. Mm-hmm. But I, I always kind of look it up and see what's new. And so finally I'm ready to do it. So this is the Annecy shootings. Okay. All right. Um, go ahead and give credit right now to Sean Flynn, who wrote this like five part GQ article about it. That's really great, but it hasn't been, I think it's from a couple of years ago. So there's, but I, but he helped me a lot. So thank you. All right. September 5th, 2012 on the secluded route. Ready for this? Floreste de Montlier de la Combe de Irie. Wow. Nope, not even close. <laughs> Near the southern end. Cue the fucking corrections corner. Near the southern end of Lake Annecy in France. Okay. It's a small, serene city. It's about a six-hour drive from Paris. And a man named Brett uh, Martin was out riding his bike, cycling up this beautiful hill. Um, and as he crossed a river bridge and continued up the hill, a little girl came stumbling into the road. <gasps> and collapsed in front of her family's car that was parked on the side of the road. Seven-year-old Zanab Al-Heli had been shot in the shoulder and she had been pistol-whipped. He stops at the scene and inside of Zainab's family car, the family BMW, had a camper attached, was the dead bodies of her father, uh, Saeed Al-Hili. He's a 50-year-old satellite engineer. His wife, Iqbal, she's a 47-year-old dentist, and Iqbal's mother, Suhail, Suhail, she's 74, and each have been shot twice in the head inside the car. Oh, my God. the family was on, uh, in the area on vacation from their home in Claygate, Surrey, England. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were on their way for a walk in the woods, just a random venture into the woods. And also on the scene, 
Outside the car was the dead body of a local cyclist, um, Sylvain Mollier. He's 45. He's been shot five times, twice in the head. The car was stopped in a way that investigators were able to tell that prior to the shooting, the BMW had like reversed sharply. The driver was Saeed. Uh, into this, the lay-by. So in reverse, like trying to get the, think of you trying to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Um, the wheels had gotten stuck in the gravel and as they try to make a getaway, so the car had gotten stuck there. The car is still running. The, um, it's in neutral, but someone is just jammed on the, gas pedal so it's just revving up oh all the doors are locked with the three dead bodies inside mm. police said that the shooter had originally been in the woods but had come out into the road to kill everyone so police come they're investigating the whole thing they cordon off the area eight hours later as they're still investigating the whole scene and the bodies had still been in the car a, young, a specialist forensic investigator finds four-year-old Zana, um, Zaina, she's the youngest daughter of the Al-Hili family, hiding beneath her dead mother's legs and skirt oh, in the back of the car. No. Unharmed. So she had been hiding that whole time, including the eight hours where they were trying to figure out what happened. No. They had seen one child seat in the car, and they had one child at the scene yeah can you fucking imagine that poor medical investigator (gasps) who thinks he's opening the door or she is opening the door or finally removing the body after like photographing everything a four-year-old i just was at my friend's house today and he's his three-year-old came home while we were leaving i I, no yeah okay yeah sorry awful so so clues at the scene point to a lone killer who had already been near the lay-by when the Al-Hili family arrived. And they had been in a seemingly random drive again, like I said. They came from their campsite that was by Lake Annecy, which is like this fucking gorgeous town. Um, the local cyclist, uh, Mollier, he was also on a totally random ride on a route that he had never taken before. So the whole thing seemed random. Um, it was speculated by the whole scene that the Al-Hili family had been tar- the target of the sh- um, whole thing and that they were shot first and the cyclist happened on the scene and was killed as a result of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So mm. he just showed up. And the eyewitnesses said that neither the car or the, the cyclist was being followed. So there's another dude, the dude who came up on the scene was coming up the road, had gotten passed by both that other cyclist and the car and was like, nobody was following them. Oh, so he was like the slower cyclist. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And okay. he like found that. He says he got to the scene. He see, he's like suddenly putting together what happened as he's trying to help the girl. And then he's like, well, I'm about to get shot. Like he... Yeah, he says in this documentary that I saw was like, "Well, I wonder what it's going to be feel like. What it's going to feel like to get shot by a gun." Because he, he just is positive. It's yeah, gonna. because it's just ha- it just happened because he had seen them. All right, motives quickly are thrown about by the media, who fucking freak out about this case, both in England and in France. So both Said and Sylvian worked in the nuclear in nuclear industry. 
jobs. Yeah. Moliere at one of the largest suppliers of nuclear components in the world and Al-Hili in the past as an Iraqi in Iraq as an engineer on sensitive topics and currently in the UK involved in nuclear and satellite technology. And there were sensitive files found on his computer at work. So it was hypothesized that this was a hit on one or both of them, um, that they had intelligence that the government or another fucking place wanted them silenced for. And yeah. maybe one of them got in the wrong time. Or they're at the wrong time or they were like working together. Who knows? Then two European newspapers cited anonymous German intelligence sources reporting that um, Syed's late father had smuggled cash out of Iraq for Saddam Hussein and stashed it in a Swiss, Swiss bank account. But it was soon found that Sylvian Moliere was on a three-year leave of absence from his job, and he was just a welder at the nuclear plant. That's the cyclist? Yeah. Okay. And he didn't have access to anything that would be in interest to criminals, nor did Syed have access to any classified secrets or anything satellite-related that would be of interest to any terrorist cell. Um, but of course, the fucking media had gone crazy and were like, this is why they, this whole family got killed is because... Terror. Right. Some kind of terror. Um, and then while um, Syed's late father, the guy who they said had money in Iraq, he did leave cash when he died in 2011 in a Swiss bank account. It was had no ties to Saddam Hussein. It was much less than they assumed it was going to be. So it really wasn't any connection. The next suspect that the media and investigators targeted was Zayed Al-Hili, who's the older brother of Syed. The brothers, they hadn't spoken in almost a year, except through solicitors, a.k.a. Mm. lawyers. That's what we call lawyers in America. Right. Um, and they were sorting through their late father's estate. So they hadn't spoken in a year because it was really like crazy and fucking stressful. Right. So like there was a fight about money and who yeah, got what? Inheritance. Which everyone's like, oh, well, clearly. There you go. Um there was the money in the Swiss bank account. There was the house. There was a house, a small studio in Spain, and they were fighting over it. Um, but Zaid insisted that they were being civil about it, though, and insisted that there was no actual feud, which seems hard to believe, right? He even defended his brother against the suspicion that he was a spy um, and said the amount of money was much smaller than was rumored. Hmm. But on Friday, September 28th, the police came to his flat with a search warrant. Um, all the houses near his flat were evacuated and the Royal Logistics Corps bomb disposal unit was summoned. So like they freaked everyone out in the neighborhood. They were like, we got this guy. What year was this? This is 2012. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 2012 still. Um, so they're evacuated, made a big scene. They said that there was something suspicious. And these are like these, I feel like these european um like trade mags like this or like gossip mags like go crazy with whatever they have there the same way we do but in this way that's like no they're they're insane right the sun you mean like those tabloid yeah. magazines they're insane they're horrible right yeah so this was like a big story in there so anything that they got they would put on there including that there was quote something suspicious potentially hazard found in his house can i just say one thing really quick so you hear about the, the grenfell towers which was the yeah. that huge apartment building that yeah. burned um and was basically burned because it was like if slumlords didn't there were no fire extinguishers they were in then there was lots of complaints and no one did anything and uh so many people died 
a firefighter who had to go in and fight that fire posted a picture of his helmet um, on social media. And all these people were like, it was like going in to help or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. something. And somebody from The Sun, I believe, replied, do we have permission to use this picture for our newspaper? And the firefighter wrote back, not for that shit rag. And everybody was retweeting it and faving it. Oh my God. I think it's like people, because those, they have such an influence on the way people see things. And they act like, it's like, look, people need to hear the story. But it isn't like the story. It's just this weird biased. Well, they have like quoted sources, but there's, you don't know who those sources are. Those sources haven't been confirmed as being correct. Exactly. And it's like this thing of, well, if I don't put this story out and it turns out to be true, if I don't do it first, someone else gets to it and there's no fucking point of me putting it out. So I'm going to put it out now and hope it's true. Yeah. And then I'll go back and fix it if I need to, or I'll put up the next story. And yeah, they don't play by actual journalism rules, which is you can't quote a source that you don't, if you're not like it's, um, there's certain phrasing that they use. I just read a thing about this where they use this phrasing that basically just means anyone could have said this. It could be like, they could turn to somebody in the next cubicle and be like, Hey, do you think this? And they'd be like a source says, yeah, or whatever. There's certain buzzwords that you can look up, which is so the frustration. Now we can go on about this over 24 hours news is that like you don't have a chance to really research anything if you need to get something out immediately well and everybody else depends on that we're trusting these news sources these these like all these news stations as if they are when so many times we've seen in the past couple years they'll go with a whole story based on a tweet yeah the and it's like we as a person that's on twitter all the time it's bullshit like the idea that you would base anything on a tweet that could be from anyone doing anything for any reason totally um our boy Riz Ahmed actually tweeted something about that where he's like you hear so much about Muslim terror but when all apparently so many Muslim people ran into Grenfell Tower (sighs) to try to save people from that building oh my god and you don't there no you don't see any headlines about that that drives me crazy all of those you hear about all like this thing that happened but you didn't hear about this you know this bombing in fucking you know some town that we don't or some city in Iraq that we don't care about because someone's decided we don't have to care about right it. Yeah. right even though it's also innocent fucking people getting killed too yeah so okay well sorry such no a I think it's important that we talked about that so they said that they found something potentially hazardous in the house um, and they found it in the garden shed behind the house which is so ominous and like where you make bombs probably mm-hmm. shit right fertilizer right yeah. <laughs> right the, the police never announced what it was but it turned out to not be dangerous and it said that they found just a taser which was illegal to have mm-hmm but despite them not finding anything on June in June 2013, he was arrested. This is the brother for conspiracy to commit murder, but he only spent one night in jail um, and was never arrested again. So also the cyclist who happened upon the scene was ruled out as a suspect as well. Other motives that have been thrown around are the involvement of the SAS, which I had to look up special air services of the British army, CIA, Israeli intelligence, intelligence, Iraqi agents, Saddam Hussein loyalists. Um, It was determined that the bullets and by the bullets in them and the gun part of the gun handle that broke off when the murderer pistol whipped this fucking seven year old girl who survived and is okay now so we can calm down um that it was 
a 7.6 millimeter Luger manufactured between 1909 and 1947. And it's a type of gun that was issued to Swiss Army um, reservists in the 1920s and 30s. So a fucking like really rare gun. Yeah. Um, then the other thing was that there was a connection. So the, the um, Iqbal, the wife, she who died, she then it came out was uh, secretly married, had a first secret husband in America that they kind of died, you know, like not died. They married for a green card. It wasn't about anything. The husband didn't even know. It turned out. So he didn't even know um, that same day that she got killed. He died of a heart attack. The husband in America. Yeah. He had a heart issue and then drove into a tree and died. Uh-uh. Uh, no. Right? No. Same day. Nope. But it's later ruled out as a coincidence. Bullshit. Okay, God. Well, what do you think happened then? The, it's Someone got they, Michael Clayton. They just stuck a needle in his mm. neck or some weird thing, that, and then he crashed into a tree. What? So she's a dentist. What if she had, like, implanted some, like, little thing in there? And, like, <sighs> as soon as she died, if I ever die, you're going to die, too. Like if my heart stops beating, oh, like it was her thing. Yeah, like if my heart stops beating, that thing in your cheese are never. You can never have me killed. Or what if they were just really in love? I know. Or what if they just died in the same day? Or what if? <laughs> Hold on, there's five more. Let's. That's what this whole fucking story is. This is a fucking major murder. Yeah, because mystery. when you first said it, I was like, I know what this is. Yeah, and now I have no idea what's. You going know, it's, on. can we edit this in, Stephen? I meant to say at the beginning, Are you ready for a hardcore murder mystery? I fucking totally meant to say that to get you all amped, and I fucking forgot to. Let's Look, start over. No, you you just keep just plow ahead. You can okay. do this, Karen. It's already happening. Are you ready for a hardcore murder mystery? Yeah. Okay. Great. 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 <laughs> Next suspect. Halfway, halfway through. Yeah. Well, now I'm ready. Okay, now okay. it gets deep. Okay. Okay. Patrice Men- Mengaldo. So the sister of the cyclist who died at the scene um, told police that she was in an on again, off again, seven year relationship with the ex- an ex foreign French foreign legion sniper Uh-oh. named Patrice Mengaldo. He had been given just a standard interview as a witness because he was a local, but he was not a suspect. Um, but then he wasn't a suspect. 21 months after the killing, leaves a suicide note saying he couldn't handle being considered a suspect and shoots and kills himself. What? Yeah. Not being a suspect. He wasn't a suspect. He said he can't handle being a suspect considered a suspect which he wasn't and he was a fucking sniper right right then okay michelle michelle hecht in 2016 retired police captain turned private detective pascal hutch who i want to fucking hang out with he tipped investigators off to this 1986 murders of school teachers Paul um, Bellion, who was 29, and Lorraine Galsby, 28, of Derbyshire. So these two school teachers, these like sweet baby angels, they're fucking engaged and shit. They're on a cycling holiday, holiday, when they fucking disappeared. Their bodies are later found in a shallow grave in a maize field in Brittany, that's corn. Corn, a.k.a. corn. <laughs> they had been bound back to back, gagged, and they had been shot with a hunting rifle. And the case had been unsolved for almost 30 years. And the French detective, 
thought that the similarities were really interesting. And in fact, the mother of Lorraine, the girl, the young woman who had died, said that the moment she heard about the murders in Annecy, she thought the cases were linked because there were so many similarities. Wow. Yeah. The main suspect in those murders was is 53-year-old Belgian um, Michael Hecht. What's M-I-C-H-E-L? Michael? Isn't that Michael? 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 Mr. Hecht. Where are you getting Michael from? Michael. 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 Michael, 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 Michael. Edit that, Stephen. <laughs> well, I can't remember now in, like, I can't remember in French class what that, what. They probably didn't teach you that. I think Michael in French is Michel. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, he had been jailed in 2008, this fucking dude, trying to, for trying to kill his own family. Whoa. He shot at his brother, sister-in-law, and their baby. And uh, they, none of them died, but they had all, you know, been injured. Um, he, so he had been in jail in 2008, and he had been let out of jail for that 10 months later. Because, and I don't understand this, he had already been on remand for three years, mm-hmm. meaning maybe he had already spent three years in jail, so they let him out. I don't fucking know. Sounds insane. For the same... <sighs> Oh, so they're like, look, you've done your time yeah. for almost trying to kill your whole family, yeah. including a baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Hecht, con- allegedly, he confessed to the killings of the school teachers while he was in jail to a dude who was there. But the judge ruled it inadmissible and the DNA from that murder was lost. So he now lives in France. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Fuck. Because it's like... What it, what's it look like? Vosses. Losis. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. And it's two hours from Annecy. That's where he lives now. Okay. Okay, so they noted that the shooter had fired 21 times, mostly at this vehicle that was moving. 17 bullets hit people out of 21. Not one of those bullets hit the frame or the doors or the fenders or any other part of a moving car. Eight of them were headshots. Shit. So it made investigators think that it was a professional. Yeah. Two in the head, which is the way special ops and assassins are trained to do. So That's each a kill of shot. them got yeah. two in the fucking head. He didn't hit the car. Like, can you imagine? We would just be like shooting the sun. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, even even a person that probably like is a hunter has experience. Yeah. You a moving car? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And then like one guy in the front seat, two people in the back seat. Okay, so anyways, it's been five years since the murder. The brother of Syed was asking, is now asking, he's like in it still. He's like, I didn't fucking do it. He's kind of a badass. He's like, I didn't fucking do it. Fuck all of you. No, I'm not coming in for more questioning because you have no, you don't know what you're doing. I think the French police don't want it to be a French suspect. The English police don't want it to be an English suspect. So no one's fucking working together. And this is awful. And so he's asking for a review from the the British high court judge. Um, He thinks the French police know who committed the murders and that the dead cyclist, Sylvian Molaire was the target and that his brother and his family were in the wrong place at the wrong time. So finally, and this is what I think fucking happened personally, um, on February 18th, 2014, a 48-year-old local man was arrested and made after um, a sketch is shown and made public um, of a bearded man who had been seen in the area on a motorcycle 
that same day. Ooh. So when the cyclist is is riding up the hill to to find this fucking murder, he sees a motorcycle going down the other way. Oh. And this person had never come forward, even though it was a big case, obviously, any witnesses. So they have a sketch composite of him. They finally fucking release it two years later. It's a bearded man on a motorcycle um, helmet. Um, And they find a dude who they're not naming who bears a striking similarity it's a 48-year-old man between the um, photos. He drives a motorcycle. They searched his home and found a, quote, cache of vintage weapons, including Ooh. a Luger handgun, although it's not the same one that killed the families. The family. He had been a police officer, but had been dismissed recently before the murders um, in June because of anger issues. Uh-oh. So he was released without charge after questioning. So what I think happened, and it's so fucking annoying because nobody wants to believe this. What's the simplest answer? Fucking road rage. Oh, they yeah. They cut him off. They cut him off. Or the reason, there was no, there's no reason given why they would have pulled into the turnoff to begin with, you know, where they had to make the U-turn and go the, and try to go the other way, where they got stuck and killed. There's no reason given why they would have done that. So perhaps they they were speeding or someone was speeding and almost hit each other. And so he veers off the road into this turnoff where they pull over to be like, talk about it. Okay. Or maybe they're yeah. both fucking angry people and are yelling at each other. Yeah. And then the cyclist comes on the scene at the exact time he starts to kill the family. Whoa. Road rage. I mean, that that is very viable. Doesn't that, that seem... Sa- yes. More... But I think this was, do you want to hear my first? Fucking always. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, just from the, the the beginning. And also, this sounds really familiar. You haven't done this one before, have no. you? No. It sounds so familiar. I feel like I've seen it. You probably heard me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you've told me about it. Like, yeah, personally. But, um, but I, but maybe I just saw it on like, yeah, it's shows. on it. Yeah. It's on a lot of them. Because I think the fact that the cyclist who was murdered has more gunshot wounds. Yeah. To me, it's like, that's the, that's the anger one. And that's the, he's the target. And then the other ones were wrong place, wrong, wrong time. And he's just getting rid of witnesses. And if he's some kind of a creepy psychopath, it's not like he's going, Oh no, it's a family or anything. No. He's like, take out those witnesses, take out children, pistol whip a seven year old, whatever the fuck his deal is. Well, here's what, and I think you have a really good point, which is that the cyclist is the one exposed and he still gets seven gunshot wounds. Yeah. The two the people in the car are in a car and only get two. Yeah. And the other, thing is that the dad and the daughter who got pistol whipped were outside of the car when the shootings happened so for some reason they were talking to either the cyclist or the killer but the other thing is they didn't ever mention anything in the police report about there being motorcycle tracks anywhere oh so this whole time i thought it was like a sniper in the woods but you know maybe there are motorcycle tracks they're keeping secret or something like that for investigation purposes or maybe he knows like if just say he was responsible for the one the cyclists who were murdered 30 years before Mm -hmm. he has a real good system he knows you know like he peels out in a certain way where it covers his track or just something like that where he doesn't park in dirt he doesn't park in an indented indentable surface or something something like that also here's 
this. Why would a father let his seven-year-old get out of the car to talk to a road rage situation? Like that would be a classic stay in the car. I will take care of this. Totally. So that doesn't totally, it could be the thing of like, Oh, what does that man have over? You know what I mean? Like it sounds so innocent or even like we're lost. Can you help us? And it's just some fucking psychopath. Like they were fucking random. I mean, and if they're Arabic, he could be a fucking racist piece of shit. He could be a racist piece of shit for sure. He's a psycho. But why do you shoot this? The guy that comes upon the scene five times or the, or the secondary person, the non-family car person, as opposed to, couple times as opposed to the two clean kill shots to the head which this guy can do in a moving car so he clearly can do it to guy on a bike yeah why does that guy get three more extra uh what's that like doesn't make sense you're right i don't know that just there's something to that yeah also he doesn't it sounds like he did the family last because he didn't stick around to finish off the seven-year-old or know that the four-year-old was in the car. He ran out of bullets, which is why he pistol whipped the seven-year-old. He, it sounds like she got shot pretty early on in the shoulder. So maybe he was panicking. Then she got pistol whipped right before he left. Okay. Who the fuck? Yeah. Yes. Can beat a seven-year-old yes. with a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Because they couldn't kill her. Um, and Oy. the other thing is that maybe the reason he shot and had to make sure that the cyclist was killed first was because he's the one who had the easiest getaway. A bike? Yeah. Not if that guy was on a motorcycle. Right. True. I mean, yeah. it's to me, okay, to me, it's this. Go with me on this. Let's do it. I'm here. I'm there. The, the, People are already parked at the tur- at turn thing. What do you call that? Layout? What layabout. They call it? it a layabout. But it's like for us, it's like like to let someone pass you. A shoulder. Shoulder. Thank you. They're pulled over because they're like, look, we're going to go look, go down and look at the river. We're going to go take, take a picture, take a family picture. So whatever, something, some nature thing. They hear something and it's like, uh, uh, everybody get in the car. We got to get out of here. Then the motorcycle and the cyclist situation comes up and boom, 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 boom. Like it all kind of culminates in front of the car and that, or maybe they're all ducked down in the car, Mm -hmm. like stay quiet or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they are panicking to get the fuck out of there. Yes. In the car in such a way that, and I hated to fucking mention this and the cyclist is dead like by the time he hits the ground but they kind of dragged him a little bit because they rolled over him yeah like they were in such a hurry to get they were freaking out to get out of there which means they were killed second yeah okay oh yeah yeah and there was on the on this on syed's foot on the bottom of his shoe was the cyclist's blood so he was definitely out of the car at some point oh okay okay sorry god no 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 this is, I mean, this couldn't have more details yeah. in it. It couldn't be more involved. So that basically is like, what if it's this? That family's coming down out of the woods on the, on the cross the street or whatever. Their shit is in the layabout. They come upon, as they're walking out. They're not walking, though. Because this first cyclist who came upon them remembers them passing him at like, like recently. He, they, they passed him. So they pulled into that layabout like like pretty quickly before they got killed okay 
So, okay. So it was, they weren't off somewhere else. Maybe they pulled over. The daughter had to pee. That's why they're both out of the car. Him and his daughter. Maybe. Why doesn't the mother go? That's weird. Yeah. Especially seven year old. Yeah. But also if it, okay. Also it happens fast. If they come up on, say it's a guy on a motorcycle holding a gun on a cyclist. Oh. And they pull over like, this is bad. Because it's the guy who likes to kill cyclists. Yeah. So he has some weird, it's say it's a cyclist serial killer. They come upon the act. The only thing is you wouldn't get out of the car. Well, they wouldn't have pulled over probably. Yeah. They would have like gunned it for the police. But if if he was still alive, they may have. Cause it's like on a guy with a gun with your family in the car. Yeah. I don't even know if I would do that. I would just fucking drive full force into the gunman. But what if the guy, but what if the guy, you would would then become your, I would probably do that. Knowing nothing about it. You're like, I'm probably just going to kill this guy. But it's the other guy who's the killer. And he's like, like, thanks for killing the other person. We're making a short film. (laughs) What are you doing? There's a camera next to the motorcycle. The cameraman is dressed like a sniper up in the, Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. This one's always, you know, I love cold cases and unsolved shit. And this one is just like, this is exactly why. It's just like, I just don't think it's the complicated answers. And if there are, if it is one of them, they're very, you could see them being the the right answer. Those two suspects are, you know, it's definitely not the fucking not that they're engineers and they had government secrets and it's not the brother. I really, really don't think so. Well, I mean, I feel like they would have, if they found something at the brother's house, everyone would yeah. know about it. Cause that would be a victory. And they would have, if they yeah. could have, they would have pinned anything on that brother that would have lived in court. And obviously yeah. if there's nothing there, there's nothing there. And he made a really good point himself. And he's like, he's kind of on happy to talk to the news all the time. He's one of those guys. Yeah. But he was like, if someone were, if they were going to actually be a sniper and a hit on my brother, they, why would they kill him in another country with his entire family? They would have killed him two shots to the head while he was leaving work or like out and about. They wouldn't have, this is such a messy fucking kill. Yeah. It's not that. And the to kill the whole family, like for government secrets. Yeah. Unless it's, I mean, sometimes they do that without killing the main guy. It sounds, yes, exactly right. It's like a mafia thing of like teach you a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that. Because everybody goes. Everybody there is murdered. And, but one person is, is overkilled. Yeah. It's very interesting that thing of like the very clean military two shots to the head. Yeah. Uh, And two, and it's, it's such it's like one of the women were shot in the forehead like it's so exact they're like a good shoot yeah shoot a good shoot and also that they're not ducking like obviously they're sitting there and was the little daughter already under her mom's legs i bet you that fucking mother was like get under here you know she probably saw what was happening outside the car had great instincts jammed her under there yeah Maybe even did it just like the beginning of you pull up and there's weird, yeah, some weird vibe happening. And it's like, get over here by me. Yeah. You know, yeah. that kind of, oh man, that's crazy. So the story is that the, the, the brother still sees his nieces, uh, Zanib, the older daughter who had been shot. She made a full recovery and she and her younger sister, um, Zina, they now live in England with their maternal aunt and uncle 
And the older daughter says she doesn't remember most of the attack. They're like trying to get her to remember it. Only that she says that there was only one bad man and she remembers her father screaming to get in the car. <sighs> yeah, that's why it. is she out of the car? I don't know. That's the Anasim shootings. That means that he was in the car. No, he was out of the car. Get in the car. Yeah, oh, out of like, the car. Get in the let's get in the car. Like get in the car. So maybe she did run out to pee. Yeah. And but he, he and he yeah. He just got out. Good God. I know. That's we're intense. gonna find out. I feel like we're gonna find out and have an update on this. It's so intense. It's also that frustrating thing of like somebody say you I don't remember you said what uh like nationality they were. Or well, they were from Iraq. So things like that happen and people are victimized by a killer, but it suddenly goes into yeah. Victim blaming. Yes. You're a terrorist. Yeah. You, what did you do? What secrets did you steal? Right. Whatever. Like anytime like, uh, a fucking Muslim gets killed, it's because, well, what did you do? What terror cell did you belong to? Where it's right. like, no. Also, ha- think of like how many people, not people I know, but like how many people have jobs where you could kind of connect it back to something. Yeah. Everybody has secrets. Everybody yeah. has something mysterious in their life or in their past that you that if you chose to look at that and blow it up yeah that you could i mean jesus that's the thing and this is what we talked about earlier is just that the racial profiling will never make it fair to any of any kind of racial profiling no matter what it is it's like it's never going to make it fair to fucking to it's never going to get you answers no it's uh well, the, the the main problem with it is there is we all suffer from implicit bias because mm-hmm. our brain makes decisions for us. It's old. It's reptilian. But it's that thing where you have to decide, are you safe or not and why? And that implicit bias culturally, we have been told for years, people of a certain ilk, people of a certain color are dangerous that's the messaging and that is the message and even different just so we don't even know how to we don't know how to um what's it called Uh, anticipate what their actions are going to be because we don't know who they are and they're different somehow and really they're just humans yes well and it's that you've seen the video of like the white boy with an ak-47 in the middle of the street and the cops are like put the gun down put the gun down and they wait and they talk to him and it goes on and fucking on and everything and they finally get the gun away from him that's because they look at that person that looks like them and they're like this is fine we can handle this threat meanwhile You've got a person who has, is a registered gun over who, gun owner who pulls over, and there is a child in the car, and they fucking shoot shoot into a car seven times, like thirty seconds after he gets pulled over. Thirty seconds after he's pulled over, and the fucking cop gets acquitted. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, um, the only good part about it, not that there's a good part about that murder right the good part about the world we live in now and as hard as it is to live in the world we live in now is just like after uh you know this is a it's gonna sound bad when i first say it but like after a facial when all of a sudden you're you're Mm. so broken out that it's insane pulls all the shit up it's the same fucking thing is for years people said to black people there's no such thing as racial profiling there's no no you don't get pulled over as much i get it's all the same all lives matter bullshit nobody can say i mean people will say that still they'll insist but 
I think more and more people are waking up to the fact this is an undeniable truth about a large swath of our population who are pinpointed and victimized because of the way they look and not just victimized like uh somebody was rude to me they're yeah. fucking being murdered yeah in the street yeah and murder is the op- murder is the word it's not it's murder yeah i remember telling we my sister and i were talking about it and i was like i just read a thing i don't want to uh it, he was he was a he's the lunch man at a school and he I knew know. he knew all the allergies the kids who had allergies he knew them he made sure that they didn't get that food that like a peanut allergy or whatever like he the, just this idea that we're just taking out people based based on and and it's the uh uh some there's a really good quote of um the the bad cops should be afraid of the good cops and not the other way around yeah it's this thing of not all cops are this way yeah but the ones that are should it we have to stop saying that's okay that they yeah. are yeah if you're trained you the training needs to be such that you don't just murder people because you're scared right and even if the guy was a fucking drug dealer and not a fucking school teacher or uh, the lunch guy it's like you still can't fucking shoot you can't, him can't murder people without any just cause right it's that yeah man because you have you're having a reaction right because you're scared because you're not a human in the fucking world Uh, let's sit here tonight and solve this yeah (laughs) let's sit here uh it's so frustrating Uh, and also just the person we're talking about is philando castile who was murdered yeah um and so we should say that name yeah uh you know let's stop murdering each other yeah ironically enough Let's stop murdering each Let's other. Let's have the good people like us and <laughs> Steven be in charge. Like us? Fuck no. Are you crazy? <laughs> We're such good people. All right. Well, do you have anything fucking positive in this You life? go. <laughs> now I'm mad. Oh, no. Okay. Well, so I'm trying to stay off social media at night, especially because I have insomnia and it's really fucked up and it makes it, makes it worse when I read stuff. So yeah, it's I'm, all bad news. It's just all bad news. So I'm trying to read more because I really love reading and it's I realize it's just become this thing that I don't fucking do anymore because I'm so like reading a book. Yeah, reading a book, which is like one of my fucking joys in life aside from cats. Um so <laughs> I found two now, which I'm really excited about. And so I'm like toggle which I never do this. I'm like toggling between them because one's spooky and creepy and one's like not. <laughs> So the two I'm reading right now, uh, we talked about this. She did a story on um, one of our minisodes, but um, it's called Startup by Dory Shafrir. Mm-hmm. It's I like just started reading it and I'm like more than halfway done. It's so fucking good. It's about like these fucked up tech people in the modern world. And what will make you want to do is like not ever look at your phone again. Mm-hmm. So it's really helpful. It's and, a novel or yeah, based on it's a novel and it's like it's like millennial techies in new york and how and it's these different stories about each of them and it's just like it makes you glad for who you are anyway and this is she's married to matt myra yes that's how i know who she i've never met her yeah but i 
know her husband. And she's like a senior tech editor at BuzzFeed for years. So oh, wow. she's like, this book is clearly like really well done. It's, it's really fucking intriguing and good. And I love it. And then the creepy fucking scary one that I'm totally, I can't read that late because I'm scared is um, <laughs> called, uh, it's called Black Mad Wheel. And it's by Josh Mallerman, which is actually a friend of Vince's from Michigan. And oh. he, he wrote this incredible book called The Bird Box. That's creepy and fucked up and post-apocalyptic. And this one's, black mad wheel and it's fucking creepy and it's about like this noise that the government comes to like make this dude who's a musician find out where the noise is coming from because it's like making nuclear shit not work anymore and it's just like super spooky Ooh, yeah that's awesome so fucking reading and getting out of this is making is helping me that's good yeah that's very good what about you um the positive thing Oh, well, this is okay. I will say it this way. Um, so I, one night and we've talked about it on the podcast, I crashed my car as I was leaving our <laughs> recording. Um, totaled it. I totaled the old Honda fit. It got totaled. You didn't total it. <sighs> yeah, that's true. It was in a car accident that then totaled the, cause it was relatively worthless. If only dog hair was worth money, it would have been the most expensive car in Los Angeles, but uh, not the case. So since that time, and I think that was last November oh my God. or yeah, right. December, it was a long time ago. I haven't had a car. So I've been like taking Lyft and taking Uber and just doing whatever for a while at a rental car. And I was spending so much money a week, like an idiot, like whatever. Well, I finally called my sister because then I started researching cars and car prices and which ones are reliable whatever and then it got worse so overwhelming then I could not make a decision and I was like but I'm not a BMW person Mm -hmm. but I don't want to buy I don't want to spend a bunch of money on a kind of mediocre whatever finally I called my sister because I was going to go home for Father's Day I did go home for Father's Day I called my sister and I was like can you please help me Mm -hmm. and she I think for so long, like my mom was sick for so long and we were all so stressed out for so long and we were all just trying to get by for so long that like my sister and I would fight over nothing and then we would have to like stop talking mm. for a while because it was just bad. It was yeah. just bad a lot of tension. Tension and guilt and yeah. like everything. It was like nobody's nobody was happy right for 12 years. Bye, bye. Um and that was it ended 2 years ago uh in a you know which is a good thing, um, ultimately. So, but, but I finally realized this is one of the main things my sister and I fight about is how fucking controlling she is. <laughs> like, I have to ask her to unlock the car door so I can get out. And it makes me so mad. Like, uh, I have all these, yeah, I have all these things where like, if the car door is locked, when I try to get out of it, I am immediately enraged. I'm the same way when I try to get into it. You're coming <laughs> pick me up or we're walking to the car together and ye- and I have and I try to open the handle and it doesn't f- fucking open and you know I'm there dude I totally get it like why, why I just the like pull up of the handle and it doesn't open how, immediately how dare you makes me furious how dare you and and for me the pull of the car door and it doesn't open is like immediately I want to scream I'm not six years old <laughs> like a six year old would <laughs> So anyway, I just texted my sister or called her. I can't remember. And I said, please help me buy a car. And she fucking basically delivered a new car into my hands. And it was so awesome because I felt guilty. I was only going up for this basically 48 hours for to see my dad. 
I knew that was going to take a huge chunk of time, which would in the past make her mad, but not she couldn't act mad. So it would be like, yeah, all oh that stuff. God, sister. So instead, I was like, can you please help me? Like, I, I can't take another yeah. Uber. And she was like, I got you. Yeah. And delivered. some people are just we're all good at something different. Well, exactly. And she goes, I said, thank you for momming me through this. Aww. And she was like. It's my favorite thing to do. It's like we basically figured out the good points yeah. of those things instead of all the always the bad. You used her her powers of being a control freak for good. Yes, and I got to get my baby somebody help me out and it worked. And it worked. You can you asked for help and it and it was delivered. And I didn't get kicked in the goddamn teeth. <laughs> So anyway, now I have a new car and Yay, I love it and I can make so phone calls from my steering wheel and all these things that modern people I get, just get to do. You just got a, new, a flip phone and taped it, duct taped it to your steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I got a new phone and I, mean, I got a new car and it has a phone in it. <laughs> no, it's a fucking sweet car and it's made me want to buy a new car too. It's nice. It's, um, well, also just you have to have a car you have to i mean i was i would do things like i wouldn't have groceries and i'd be like mm, i have to figure out the next time i go to georgia's and i take an uber home right. first i'm gonna i'm gonna walk to the grocery store uh, then i'll get the uber like shit like that where it's like this is stupid. hey let's make my life harder that's what i'm all about <laughs> i like to stack problems and never solve them. my therapist is like spend your fucking money yeah. even if like whatever money you have spend a little chunk of it to make your life fucking easier because you're always stressed out about making about life being hard that's right you can't it's so true uh, like you have to remind yourself of the good part of what you have like yeah. there's lots of things to be stressed out about if you work really hard and you work all the time and that's your life i get it and i do the same thing Take the money that you make and instead of being paranoid about not having this or that, spend that money so you understand what the good part about working hard is for. Dude, and that's happened to me today. Get your fucking house cleaned professionally or apartment cleaned once a month. Ooh. I don't care how small your apartment is. It's fucking brain changing. Yeah, that's like, a good idea. It's brain changing. I'm going to do that. Chemistry change. Also, I have to get a handyman to come and pick up the couch that's just laying on my patio. <laughs> that would make sense. I'm a little Sanford and Son at my house I just because it. I can't. It's that thing. I'm well, going to have to call my sister. Stuff like that's hard. It's hard sometimes, man. We're just everyone's just doing our best. Yeah. Everyone's trying to do Steven's best, but that's too, I wish, too high of a... I, mean, I wish I could do no. Steven's best. Steven, if you owned a truck, you could take care of oh, these you know, problems he would for do me. It tomorrow. <sighs> Uh, do you want to buy me a truck? Yes. <laughs> Rent Stephen a U-Haul. Laura, get Stephen a truck. Laura. Laura. Um, you guys, more than anything, thank you for fucking listening and being good people, hopefully. Even you skippers. Skippers. And especially you Satanists. Yay. Uh, stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Elvis, you want a cookie? <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>